0: One this morning especially if you're a guest thanks for being here and being a part of our assembly and once you know that you're always welcome I know some of you we got guests today that are headed headed to Popper Bluff stopped in today and others may be going passing through headed somewhere thank you for being here thanks for stopping by come back anytime you have a chance and if you're from our area and you're our guest today thank you for being here once you know that you are welcome and anytime you have a chance make sure you stop back in and, and say hello visit with us it's nice to be with family it's nice to be with people who understand where I'm coming from. Well, okay, you got it, man. Rick, now wait a minute. But for the most part, at least our beliefs are based upon the Bible, and we have our our, our heart centered upon our Lord, and because of that, it causes us to be a little bit different in this world. But with our family we can kind of lean on people who think like we think who understand the things that we understand who are living for the same things we're living for and that's a special thing to be able to get together with you then I appreciate you being here you could have chose to been anywhere today but you chose to be here with your family worshiping the Lord and thinking about him and I appreciate that this morning now this morning I'd like to ask you a, a couple of questions but the first one is if you had one wish what would it, maybe you've in the past you've you've seen movies or had somebody well what would you do maybe you've even come up with a scenario you know hey you found a genie's lamp rub it oh you got three wishes you know what are you gonna be your what's you gonna be your wish now you can't have more than three you only got three and you can't well what's some rules you can't ask for somebody to die and you can't ask for somebody to fall in love I don't know whatever the rules are you know that you have but what would it be if you could ask for anything and you could say uh, and, and 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 the genie would say. If you had one wish, what would it be? Now, you guys think about that and you guys let that roll around in your brain because, interestingly enough, that's what happened to a guy over in 1 Kings chapter 3. If you remember, Solomon was actually given that chance. It goes something like this At giving, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream, and God said, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. Oh, wow. Now, uh, today and maybe even next time, I want to talk about a little bit about Solomon and about what Solomon asked for. I want to also talk about Solomon messing it up because we need to know that people mess that up. Uh, But I I just want you for a second here just to, to, to focus on this idea of If you were in Solomon's shoes, what would you ask for? Okay, if if God said to you, now this isn't a genie. Okay, this isn't a make-believe story. This is God Himself asking Solomon, "What do you want? Ask me anything you want, and I'm going to give you whatever whatever you ask for." Now, there's a powerful thing. Did I do that? Did you do that, Corey? (coughs) Says you did. Says you're on iTunes. Well, how's the weather? (laughs) Guys, uh, I'm kind of enjoying today. Oh, it's kind of locked up. That's all right. I've got it written down here. Well, I'll tell you what, while we're doing that, let me, Solomon was a very interesting guy. And you may be thinking, well, Solomon, David's son, right? The guy that was going to be the king and that sort of thing. Well, Solomon was actually a guy that uh, you would think was, was, and I guess he was, kind of born into a, uh, uh, a privileged family. I guess you'd say that about Solomon. But Solomon was also from a very messed up family. You guys guys realize that? As a matter of fact, Solomon wasn't the only son of David. He wasn't even the oldest son of David. Uh, Amnon was actually the oldest one. And if you remember, Amnon raped his half-sister and was killed by his other brother, Absalom. And then Absalom got tired because David wasn't dying quick enough, so he tries to make a revolt so he could have the, the throne and ends up getting killed during the revolt. A hairy situation right you guys get it okay anyway absalom and and of course that's not not how it ends there matter of fact even when david's on his deathbed adonijah another son he decides well i want to have the throne so he ends up marrying a a concubine of david's and and ends up getting killed for that right you guys got any family you want to cry about now Here's the deal about family, all right? Think about it for a second. I don't know about your family history or where you come from or what's happened, but sometimes we feel like family kind of determines who we are. Evidently, not completely. Because sometimes some terrible things, as a matter of fact, if you even remember Solomon, Solomon was actually the son of a of David, but was, if you remember, his uh Bathsheba actually became pregnant with Solomon before they were married. And the guy that was actually married to Bathsheba, David, had killed. Oh. So you may be, wow, what a terrible, messed up family. And look at what God can do with terrible, messed up people. Amen? My, my point is this, I mean, if you look at the people that God used powerfully in the Bible, some of them came from, from really messed up families, and yet they did some wonderful things, okay? So I'm just going to encourage you, if you're thinking, wow, I've just got all this, this baggage and all these things that have happened in my life, why well, join the crowd? There's a lot of people that have that, and God can use you in powerful ways. What I'm asking today is maybe, maybe the legacy of your family begins today, begins with you. Maybe God is going to do wonderful things through you and through your family because of who you are. Not because of something that happened in your family years ago, but because how God God is going to use you. Now, interesting, Solomon is a very interesting part. Matter of fact, if you were to uh, say, what do you know about Solomon? Probably the first thing that comes to your mind is what? Wisdom. Wise. He wasn't a wise guy. He was a wise man, okay? Here's the deal. When he was asked for this one request, what do you want? Psalm, you asked for it, and I'm going to give it to you. Let's look at his response. Now, I want to look at a couple things, though, before I do this. I'm going to look at what he asked for, which you guys already know. You mentioned it, right? It's what? wisdom, okay, you know, I'm going to look at what he asked for, but I'm also going to look at why he asked for it, because maybe more importantly than what he asked for was the reasons he asked for them, and it might make a difference in my prayer life and what I ask of God if I'll just look at the way Solomon approached his request. Okay, we'll get to that, but first of all, let's look at what he asked for. This is his answer. He did great. Corey, except I can't move it forward anymore. Huh? Oh, good. Okay, here we go. Solomon answered You have shown great kindness to your servant David, or my father, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son, a son to sit on the throne this very day. Talking about himself. Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in the place of my father David. But I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to extinguish between right, distinguish between right and wrong for who is able to govern this great people of yours. And the Lord was pleased with what Solomon asked for. Now, what I'd like you to see is the things that Solomon asked for here, all right? And, of course, you know it. I mean, we're talking about wisdom, all right? That's the kind of you want to sum it up. But the particular things he mentions was like this. Give your servant a discerning heart. A discerning heart. Why? Well, it's to govern your people and distinguish between right and wrong. This idea of discernment. And, uh, you know, what does that mean? I mean, you guys think, well, what does it mean to have a discerning heart? Well, matter of fact, if you're over in 1 Kings chapter 3 right now, you might notice that in your version, it might have used, instead of discerning, the word perceiving or understanding. The idea being, I want to be able to understand, but it's but it's more than just understanding. It's to understand or to perceive like God perceives them. You know, this is God's people, these are the ones he has chosen, God has put me in this situation, and so therefore Solomon asked, I want to be able to understand it like you understand it, all right? It, it, it's kind of like we would say instinct. Give me the instinct, your instinct. Help me to understand like you understand it, or to perceive it like you under, like you perceive it. Give me this, this discerning heart so that I can see the picture, right? I can see the big picture like you would see the big picture. Now, I thought, I kind of wrote it up like this, to have your thoughts trained to have a God-shaped view of the world or of the people or of whatever situation that he finds himself in. So the idea is that he would have a discerning heart or a perceiving heart or an understanding heart. In other words, he would be able to see it. But he also asked, along the same lines, he asked that he would be able to distinguish right from wrong. Now that's pretty interesting, isn't it? That that's what Solomon would ask for. And, by the way, I assume it would be a great thing for us to ask for. Would you guys say amen to that? Father, help me to know right from wrong. Well, guess what? In many cases, you can know it and you don't have to guess. You guys agree with that? Because sometimes the Bible is perfectly clear. You don't have to say, well, I wonder if that's right or I wonder if that's wrong. And I do not think that Solomon is asked for, God give me the, the, the ability to, to understand what the Bible says or to know right from, he knew what the Bible said. That wasn't the deal. He wasn't asked for, God help me to understand the things that the Bible says are right and wrong. No. And I want to ask you today, do you read in your Bible that there are things that are right and are wrong? You guys read that? So what, I'm, and I'm asking, I think I need to do this too. We're not asking, if the Bible's clear on something, that's easy. Nothing, I mean, we got that, right? We're going to stand on whatever the Bible says, amen? amen? We read it in there, we're just, okay, whatever you say, God, that's what we're going to do. But what about this? What about, what about the big decisions that happen in life that aren't spelled out so clearly? Like, who am I going to marry? There's a big one. Change your life. There's a big decision. Big thing you have to say, what am I going to do for a living? Where am I going to live? How am I going to handle a certain situation that comes up when there's nothing in the Bible that specifically talks about that specific thing? Then what are you going to do? Help me, Lord, to distinguish between right and wrong, to know the right answers, to know the way that I should go, the direction that I should put myself in because I just want to follow your paths, not mine. Wisdom is knowing what to do in those situations where it is not clearly spelled out. I've had a lot of people ask me, well, what 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 does the Bible say about this? And that particular thing they're asking, I can't find anything in the Bible that says those words or talks about that thing. All we can do, though, is we can find overall concepts in the Bible that deal with things like that. And so with that comes this idea of how would God see it? What would God do? How would He handle that situation? And that is what Solomon is asking for. Help me to know that. Help me to understand that. I want to be able to make decisions between right and wrong that aren't necessarily spelled out so clearly. Matter of fact, there's an example just following, if you're in first Kings chapter 3, there's an example down in verse 16, maybe one of the most famous ones, about Solomon and how he puts this into practice. Do you remember the story about how he was, he was of course, in the, in the position of the judge? And they brought before him two prostitutes. You guys remember this story? It's pretty famous. Nod your head if you remember this story. So if I tell it wrong, I don't have to worry because you guys already know that I'm telling it wrong. Okay. Two prostitutes. Both of them had a baby and they had lived in the same house. And one night, uh, they were very close. And I guess they looked a lot alike, or at least to some degree. Because one of them rolled over on the baby and killed it. Well, during the night, they, the, uh, the, the one that had killed her baby took it and put it over in the bed with the other mom and took their her baby and brought it over to herself so okay now that was the plea that was made by one of the ladies as they were brought before uh, uh, Solomon because they said listen this this lady she killed her baby and now she wants to take mine and Solomon if you remember the story Solomon says oh well, what are we gonna do both of them are claiming that it's their daughter our son as their son that the other one killed it and oh boy so Solomon, in his wisdom, says, i tell you what you do. You guys remember? Bring me a sword. I'm going to cut it in half and give each one of you half. Right? That's the only fair thing I know to do. And the, 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 the mama, the one that uh, was the real mom, says, no, no, no. Don't kill, don't kill the baby. I'd rather someone else have it, than, it to, than the baby to die. And Solomon says, OK. Now you have your answer. This is the one that's really the mom. And he gives the, gives the So In other words, this wasn't something he could say, oh, let's turn to the Bible and see. He want a discerning spirit, know right from wrong, to be able to make decisions and have this clear understanding of, of this is what I should do and this is what I shouldn't do. Maybe it's something we need to be asking God for also. Now, that's what Solomon asked for. But what I'd like you to see is that, and maybe in your situation today, there are some things that we need to be asking for, okay? Maybe it's not wisdom, although if you just had one wish, you could go worse than wisdom, Amen. I mean, that would probably be a good thing to ask for. But if you just had, I mean, what would it be? Well, maybe the look at the why Solomon asked for it in this particular situation might be more important than the what he asked for. When you think about why Solomon asked for it, the first thing you think about is, is, is these, what, what he says here. Now, now, look, my, uh, uh, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a child. Now, what I want want you to focus on is is his attitude toward what he's doing, toward the question or the request that he's going to make. Notice what he says. I am only a child, a little child, and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous uh, to count or to number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. Or who is able to govern this great people of yours? Do you see that? Do you see that attitude that Solomon had? A couple of things that, are, that just jump out at me is that, that I am only a little child. Could it be that because of Solomon's attitude toward everything, toward himself, in other words, it's not, look at me, I'm a king, oh, well, well, I'm going to do it. In other words, look, he could have been that way. Oh, wow. I mean... Especially later in, I mean, he he could have been very proud. He could have been uh, very conceited, and yet he said, I'm not able to do this. I, I can't handle this. You know, uh, probably Solomon is around 20, 22 years old right now when, he, when he's saying this. I don't know about you, but I was the most conceited in my life at 20 or 22 years old, right? I mean, matter of fact, I knew more then than I do now, or at least I thought I did, uh, And I think that's the way people, but not Solomon. And that's why it was so precious, the way he asked for this thing. I'm only a little child. I don't know how to do this. In other words, it's the attitude, the characteristic of humility. You know, God can can work with someone who says, I can't do this. God can work with someone who says, I I, I can't handle this. I'm not not good enough. I'm not talented enough. I don't know enough. I need you. God can work with that person. Now, the person that's proud, oh, matter of fact, I thought about this verse over in James chapter 4. Remember what James says? God opposes the proud and shows favor to the humble. So what does God do to the proud? You guys reading that? He doesn't ignore them. He doesn't just not give them what they want. He says that he opposes the proud. You want to make it rough on yourself and in your life, I'll tell you how to do it. <laughs> Evidently, all you've got to do is be proud because God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Humility was a key in what Solomon was doing and the request that he had. And today I'd like to encourage us all. It's all about humbling ourselves and say, God, I need you to help me through this life. I've got troubles and I've got strife and I've got problems. I've got relationship issues and money issues and I, I just, I can't handle this thing. If you'll approach God that way, he can work through you. There's some things he can do. Matter of fact, even if you look to someone else and say, oh, I'd love to be able to help this person, humility on your part will make a big difference in the way they accept what you want to say. Humility is a key characteristic for a Christian. You guys agree with that? Hello. If someone comes to me and says, listen, I just care about you and what's going on in your life, and, and, and I... I just want you to know that I've struggled with so many things and, and, and there's some things that, that have really helped me and I, and I wonder if they might help you too. What do you got to say? Be glad to listen to you. Right? You just tell, I mean, I, you, got, you got my ears. And I want to hear what you have to say. If I say, you know, I've noticed that you are really messing up and I've got to tell you, you know, I do things in a certain way and they have worked out great and I'm going to tell you how to do it. There's a big difference in just the way other people perceive you. Humility is a key when it comes to being a child of God. And so that's the attitude with which uh, he, he asked um, uh, to have this. Okay, let me move on. Secondly, what I notice about Solomon's request and who he was, that it was not about Solomon. You notice that? In other words, Solomon could have asked, Wow. Well. And remember, God says, whatever you ask for, right? Give your servant, this is, and this is what he says, give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people. This is not about me. This is not about what I want. He could have said, oh, give me, give me, give me, give me money, give me things, give me prestige and power. And uh. I mean, he could have wished for all the things that our politics, oh, no, no, no. Uh, that people sometimes wish for, all right? They want money, they want power, they want position, right? But that's not what he asked. That's not why he asked. That's what made him different. I'm just, I'm just a child. I don't know what. I just want to do what you want me to do. I have a feeling that if I would ask God for things based upon God, is this going to glorify you? Is this going to be something that makes your kingdom grow? Is this going to be something that causes me to be more your child? might change my prayer life a little bit. It's all about why, how he asks for those things. God's purposes are paramount. James chapter 1 verse 5 has something very interesting to say. This is what we read a few minutes ago. James says this, if any one of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, which is an important point, right? He does that. Everybody. But, he says, and it will be given to you. Ask for Wisdom. Now, when you do that, you've got to remember. If you do ask, you've got to believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like, well, it's like the waves of the sea. It's blown, tossed by the wind. That person should not expect anything to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in everything that they do. You ever wondered why this particular wording was used here in James? When you think of someone who is double minded, what do you think of? What oh, no, comes to your double minded? How does that? You see, sometimes what I think about is well, he, he's Jekyll and Hyde, right? He's just two totally different, and that kind of comes to my mind at times. I, I don't necessarily think in the context that that's necessarily what James is talking about. I think he's talking about the guy who wants to be a little bit of a Christian and ask God for certain things, but he really doesn't know or doesn't have this, this idea that, God, whatever you say, I'm going to do. How does, how, what's the word we should use? when it, Think about this. When it comes to asking God, talking to Him, requesting anything from God, Maybe the determination of the answer is our pre-surrender. You guys go, oh No, I really mean it. That's what it takes. Pre-surrender. And here's the deal. If we pre-surrender, which means, guys, I'm yours, whatever you want. If we've already done that, then whatever God says, we say, okay. I'll do it. But if we got this idea that, that no, I, I want to hear what you have to say and, and I want to listen to it, but I, I'm going to wait and make my determination of whether I'm going to do it or not based upon whether I like what you answer. Pre-surrender. Lord, I'm yours. Whatever you say, I'm going to do. To be a double-minded man says, I'm going to keep a little bit of me and a little bit of God. I'm going to try to go both ways on this thing. And if you try that, you're unstable in everything that you do. No part of your life will be solidly founded upon our Lord. Everything has to be based upon pre-surrender. Lord, I'm yours. What do you want? I'm just going to be what you want me to be. And that's the way in which Solomon asked for wisdom. Teach me to have a discerning heart. Help me to understand like you understand, determine right from wrong. Well, we've got to look at the answer real quick because God didn't answer. And if you remember the story about Solomon, wow, was he something else, right? Here's what God says. The Lord was pleased with what Solomon had asked for. So God said to him, now, since you have asked for this and not for long life, right? Because most people would say, Father, just give me eternal life. I, you know, you know, Genie, give me eternal You didn't ask for long life. You didn't ask for wealth for yourself, nor have you asked... For the death of your enemies, right? You, you didn't even talk about other people. But you asked for the sermon in administering justice. I will do what you have asked for. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that, you will never, so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. Here's the thing about a humble person that will go before God and say, God, I just want to do your things, whatever you want. God only gives you what you request. He gives you more than you could ever ask for. That's what our God wants you to have, a life that goes beyond anything you can imagine. As our Bible might explain it, a peace that passes all understanding, right? It goes beyond what I can even explain or describe to you. That's what God wants you to have. So, as you think about Solomon and you think about his life, and by the way, maybe I will. I think I will. I hadn't decided for sure, Dennis, but I think I'm going to. I'll have a lesson next week on, uh, on, on how uh, Solomon kind of uh, let some other things mess him up. All right. In other words, he didn't keep this attitude all the way through in every one of his decisions. So we'll talk about that next time. But what I want you to see is that's the way God blesses people. You do things God's way. You humble yourself. God, I just want you to lead me. I want you to guide me. What's going on in your life right now? What decisions are you trying to make? Maybe there's some things that have come up that were of no uh, fault of yours. You didn't do it. But now you are having to face some tough stuff. Maybe there's some things that that are going to be very difficult for you to handle. I want to encourage you to look at Solomon a minute and say humbly to our Lord, Lord, I don't know how to do this. I can't handle this thing. And I just ask that you help me to know right from wrong, help me to make the right choices to lead me in the right direction. Or maybe you have made some decisions and now you find yourself in a situation where you're suffering the consequences of your decisions. And you might be thinking right now, Lord, I just don't know where to turn. I don't know what to do. My life is in such a mess that that I just don't see any way out of all this. Here's what I'll promise you. Our Lord, if you'll give your life to him, he will cleanse you of your sins and he'll give you a peace that will take you through everything you're going through. You guys Christians for a long time, say amen to that. I did not say he will take away all your problems. I did not say you won't have to go through, Go ahead and suffer the consequences of your sinful decisions. I didn't say those things. What I said was, God will forgive you of your sins, and He'll help you handle it through His peace. He'll help you handle whatever you have to go through. So this morning, I encourage us all. Oh, Lord, it's all about You. And today, we say, God first. His purposes are paramount. We will put Him first in every way. If that doesn't describe you, me, let's decide no more living for us. This God is real. His Bible, His Word is true. I'm going to live for it, best I possibly can, because my Lord's coming back. Amen? If you're not prepared for this day, we give you a chance to respond to Christ's call to you. Won't you confess Him as your Lord? Put Him first in your life. Be buried into Christ through baptism. Say, from this point on, I live for my Lord. You can decide right now, God first. If you need to respond, please come. Together we stand and sing this song.